Hello, folks. Uh, today is Sunday. Um, I can't remember the day. I know we're in January past the 20th. Uh, I think. I could be wrong. I'm all screwed up. I don't think we're past the 20th. But anyway, um, I want to address something real quick that I hear a lot of Christians say, and it has me scratching my head because it doesn't make sense if you study doctrine and you study dispensations, and that is Christians running around saying, I'm born again. I've been born again. Are you born again? Have you been born again? Okay, let's be clear. Let's look at the scripture. What does the Bible say? Well, it's pretty clear. Born again is what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. Jesus was born under the law, teaching the law to Israel. Showing them, he was supposed to be showing them how impossible it was to be perfect under the law, which is what is required under God's covenant with Israel. Being born again, Jesus was trying to get Nicodemus to understand that he was the Messiah, and that only faith in Jesus and obeying the covenants would save Israel and bring about the kingdom, the Davidic kingdom that was promised to Israel. So if you go back in time, and I believe it's Exodus, you read Exodus, it's talking about God telling Israel to release his people, and he refers to Israel as his firstborn. Notice I said, as his firstborn. Firstborn Israel, not firstborn body of Christ. You cannot be born again. Paul says nothing about being born again, because born again was Israel. And understanding who Christ was as our Messiah meant the nation would be born again and that the Davidic kingdom was going to come. Yeah, that's why Jesus is telling this to Nicodemus. So when you run around saying, I'm born again to somebody who understands the scriptures and studies, what you're saying is, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Period. Um, I hear people uh, uh, use this quite often. I hear... Jeremy Harrell, who, again, I like, and if you listen to his show, I'm not criticizing Jeremy. I love his news media, but his doctrine is wretched, and I'm not attacking him personally, because I think the guy is great on what he's doing uh, per patriots and helping people stay on top of the news and having some kind of hope that this nightmare we're living under right now will end, but um, when it comes to faith, Jeremy is wretched, and that book that he uses... Um, uh, by the way, you can find him on Facebook and listen to his show. I recommend him. I like him. But when it comes to his doctrine and faith, uh, it's it's poor. Um, and again, it's an attack on Jeremy. But I'm not sure Jeremy's saved, and I'm not sure he fully understands what he's doing. Because if you go back and listen to my teaching on don't say stop saying the Lord's Prayer, and I go quite in depth to why you shouldn't be saying it, then you understand that it's not your prayer to be saying. It too belongs to Israel. It's important to understand it and to read it. And then when you hear somebody saying it, kind of pull them aside kindly with love and say, hey, you need to study the Lord's Prayer because that's not to the body of Christ. Nobody in the Old Testament knew Christ was going to come and die on a cross, shedding his blood, being buried, and being raised from the dead the third day, fulfilling the scriptures. And if you say, well, that's not true, well, wait a minute. Remember, Jesus was with his, with his 12 disciples. He told Peter and the 12 that he had to die. Peter tried to stop it not once, but twice. The first time Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Okay, why? Because Peter had no idea what he was talking about. Jesus knew 
and it was a mystery to Peter and the other 11 apostles. They had no idea. When they came to take Christ to be crucified, what did Peter do? He drew his sword and cut off one of the soldier's ears. Why? Again, Peter had no idea what was going on, that God was going to give his, his grace freely, without works, to all who would believe in Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That was a mystery to Israel. But God made it aware to Paul, our apostle. So we need to understand that we are not Israel. I'm going to do a teaching on that here maybe tomorrow, maybe in a couple of days. You are not Israel. The things that go to Israel don't go to you. Christ sent us an apostle, and that apostle was Paul. And Paul tells us to follow him as he follows Christ. Paul was our pattern in today's dispensation of grace. Now, I want to do salvation today because uh, I really think a lot of people are missing the boat on it. So I put something together, and I'm going to start reading it here. Salvation is not taught correctly by many churches. To help you understand what it is, we must first obey Paul's command to rightly divide the word of truth. We read in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As I told you in my last teaching called Stop Saying Lord's Prayer, your Bible is dispensational. So let's cover that real quick. I'll do it briefly, and it may cause you some questions, and feel free to contact me. I told you before, I can be reached at clemdog at hotmail.com. Or not hotmail, excuse me, I apologize. Clemdog at Outlook.com. And I will respond to you. Uh, as I go here, it says your Bible is dispensational. What is a dispensation? A dispensation is the method of reading the Bible and respecting God's progressive revelation and separate ways of dealing with humanity throughout the ages. In other words, God, who never changes, does change the way he dealt with mankind. And the problem that most people have with that is, well, you're saying God changes. No, but to say that God doesn't do things differently with mankind would be a lie. Are you building an ark? No. Why? God gave that to Noah. Are you taking your son up on the hill and going to sacrifice him at an altar for Christ or to God? No. Why? Because God had Abraham do that. All right? And there's just different things that God gave different people to do. And, of course, you go, well, that's obvious. Exactly. So why do you think when Jesus says in Matthew, hey, I was sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel, telling you clearly he's there for Israel, that you go, oh, well, I belong in here. Oh, I fit in that group. That's me. No, it's not. You either believe the Bible and what it says, or you don't. And believe me, if you, the whole Bible applies to you, you're going to have some major issues. Uh, first of all, again, I said, think I said this before, James telling you that faith without works is dead and that faith can't save you. And then Paul saying, we're saved by faith through grace, without works. So if you don't know how to rightly divide and understand that your Bible's dispensational, you're going to sit there and follow these pastors who bend themselves into pretzels, into knots, trying to make sense of something that's so obvious when you understand what a dispensation is. They don't. So they're trying to put you under grace and under law. You're not under both, folks. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. God remains holy, true, righteous, loving, and perfect. 1 Timothy 1.17 King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. These things about God do not change. 
Yet to say God does not change the way he has dealt with humanity is ridiculous and unbiblical. Yet sadly, many pastors, ministers, teach this incorrectly. They tell the congregations, you are saved by what the excuse me, you are saved by what Christ did. Yet you must confess your sins, tithe, be water baptized, obey the Ten Commandments, and follow things Jesus gave, Jesus gave in the Bible to Israel to do, not to you. That's all wrong. When you understand that Old Testament is about Israel and God's relationship with Israel, and before that, God and his creation, then you understand that you are not found in the Old Testament. The Old Testament teaches us great things and lessons about God, how he did things, why he did them the way he did, and that purpose was always to save people from destruction. Yet we must remember God is holy and will not allow sin to be in his presence. Sin must be dealt with. So if you're worried about how you're going to be saved or how you get saved, I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to help you with something here real quick. Many pastors, many pastors on TV, on the radio, will tell you, pray, pray this prayer. Ask Jesus into your heart. Tell him you're a sinner and you know you can't save yourself. Ask him to save you. Tell him you're sorry for sinning and that you want to do better. Um, That's poppycock. Poppycock. Now, for those of you who are sitting there saying, I don't understand how that's wrong, show me where says the Bible says, ask Jesus into your heart. Go get your Bible, search for the chapter and verse, and then let me know where you found it at. I'll help you and I'll make it easy for you. It's not in there. It's pastor speak. It's, I'm going to try to tell my parishioners to give 10% of their gross income that's not in the Bible. Now, again, I'm not saying don't give to your church. But if your church is telling you you need to be water baptized, you need to tithe, you need to confess your sins, and they're not preaching to you that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and raised from the dead the third day, according to the, the scriptures, justifying you before a holy God, then I might be considering looking for another church. Now, if you want to know, well, Clem Dog, you, you sit here and talk all this stuff. What church do you go to? Answer, I don't. Because I went to Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, non-denominational. Not one of them teaches the same thing as the other. Not one of them teaches correctly on salvation. Not one of them makes sure that you know you're saved and that you can put your faith and trust in that. But they'll have you confess your sins. Well, my question for them has always been, if I'm saved and I have to confess my sins... Then how do I know if I'm saved? What if I don't confess all my sins? What if I miss one? Do I have to confess sins the moment I did it? What if I sin and don't know I did it? And then you get into the whole pastor speak of, well, there's sins confessed, there's unconfessed sins, and you're forgiven for all of them. Uh, crap. Crap. John says if we confess our sins. He doesn't say, oh, if you forget one or you leave out one, it's okay. He says we confess. The problem is, if you read Matthew, before you read John, you see that Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus Christ told John and the rest of the disciples not to go anywhere other than to Jerusalem first before they went elsewhere. And they were, staying, they were to stay in Jerusalem until Jerusalem was convinced Christ was the Messiah. So John is teaching the message that Christ himself 
gave to John in his earthly ministry. That's not your doctrine. Moving along, there are different dispensations in the Bible in which God has dealt with humanity throughout time. A dispensational understanding is a recognition of God's dual purpose for humanity. That is, his purpose for man on earth and his purpose for man on earth and it, oh, excuse me, sorry, we read that twice. And its purpose for man in heavenly places. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath or before ordained that we should walk in them. The Bible supports at least five dispensations in which God has dealt with humanity. Number one, promise. Number two, the law. Number three, Grace by faith, which is where we are today. Number four, the kingdom, which is yet to come. And number five, which is yet to come, the fullness of times. The dispensation of promise we see in Galatians 3.16. Now to Abraham his seed, where the promise is made, he saith not. And to seeds, as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. I think I suppose we seed, sorry. We see the law was added in Galatians in three seventeen through nineteen, which says, And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was four hundred and thirty years after, cannot disannul that that should excuse me, that it should make the promise of none effect. eighteen. For the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. 19. Wherefore, when seven, serveth the law, wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of the mediator. As you heard me say, or if you're reading your Bible, you see that the passage describes how the law was added because of transgression, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. The coming of Christ was promised to be the seed of Abraham. In Galatians 3.22, we read that the promise was made to Christ and given to them by faith who believe. Galatians 3.22 says, But the scripture had concluded all under sin, that the promise of faith of Christ might be given to them that believe. See, there's no twisting the scriptures here, folks. You can read this word for word in your own Bible. Um, where am I at? This is straight from your Bible. Paul's our apostle, set, and it says this in Ephesians 3, 2, 3. If, actually, excuse me, Ephesians 3, 2 and 3. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. If you look in the Old Testament, the mystery of the coming body of Christ is not found in there. The new creature, salvation given freely by grace through faith, is not found in the Old Testament. That was a mystery that Christ revealed to Paul. The mystery was a secret only known to God from the beginning of the world until Jesus revealed it to Paul. Would it surprise you that Jesus never preached salvation through his finished work to Israel? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Peter. You won't see that they knew why Jesus had to die, as I told you previously. Jesus told Peter 
He had to die. And Peter tried to stop it. Not once, but twice. Again, repeating what I told you previously. Read Matthew 16, 21 through 22. In Mark 9, 31 through 32, the Bible says, For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that, he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not. They did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. Do you understand this? Christ did not preach free grace through his death, burial, and resurrection by faith. Do you understand that now? Christ did not teach this. It is not found in Jesus Christ's earthly teaching. What he was teaching when he walked was the things belonging to Israel. But Clemdog, didn't Jesus speak to a Gentile woman and her, about her daughter? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. So what? Did he tell the woman how she could be saved? No, he said her faith was great because the woman was proselytizing herself under Israel for salvation. She knew she had to do good works and believe that Christ was the Messiah, which she did, which is why he healed her daughter. She was not saved by free grace through faith in what Christ had done for her. He didn't teach that. She was that and knew nothing about it. Neither did the twelve disciples. So I ask you, are you surprised? Did you know Jesus didn't preach faith in his shed blood for sins, his death and resurrection for salvation while he walked on the earth? What are pastors teaching? Oh, you're saved by faith, but you have to obey the law. Better tithe. Be water baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Heard any of that? I have. <laughs> I've heard it way too much. Way too much. Here's the thing. When something's popular and everybody runs to it, run away from it. And that's what's going on with the Bible. Listen, I'm going to pause for a minute. As I told you in my previous teachings, I'm not asking you to send me one dime. I don't want any of your money. I'm not here to get anything from you. What I want are souls saved. I want to obey Paul. And by obeying Paul, I'm obeying Christ. I'm staying faithful to what was given, and that is salvation, freely, as a gift from God, through faith in what Christ has done for you. I want you all saved. I want you to be saved. I want you to trust what the Bible actually says, and not these pastors out there pushing books, making money, selling things that they can get money from, demanding you give 10% of your income to them. I'm all for giving to a good church that's dispensational, teaching you correctly so you're saved and you know what their truth is and what is to you and what is to Israel so you can rightly divide the word. Believe me, folks, I'm all about that. I'm all about it. What I don't want is you sitting at a Baptist church, a Lutheran church, a Methodist church where they never teach you right division, where they are not dispensational. Because all they were doing is, is showing Christians the wrong thing. And then what happens is an indoctrination occurs. I've heard this my whole life and this is true. Yeah, and you're truly going to hell because you bought into a lie. You've swallowed it like a ham sandwich. Now I'm hoping with what I'm showing you here is not you feeling like, well, you're trying to indoctrinate me. No, no, I'm not. 
I'm giving you scripture as it is. I want you to be aware of this. So as we go on here, um, let's see where I left off. Okay. How is it possible that you trust the shed blood of Christ for your sins? Christ's death as full, as full payment, proving he was man and God in one. His burial, proving that he was man and died. And his resurrection, proving he was God, which justifies you before God. Yet the twelve disciples were under the law, were water baptized, tithed, confessed their sins, and knew nothing of 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 which is, some, is a sum of what I just told you for salvation. Now I have to ask you, does that make any sense to you? If it makes sense to you, the churches are teaching that you need to tithe, you need to confess your sins, but yet, oh, you're saved by the finished work of Christ, you should be scratching your head going, that makes no sense. It should show you that the Old Testament is to Israel, and about Israel and creation's relationship with God. And that Paul was our apostle with our instructions today. Period. You can't trust Christ's finished work for salvation, which was a mystery kept hidden God from the beginning of the world until Christ made it known to Paul, and obey the commandments in the old covenant, which were never given to you. Israel received salvation by faith, but forgiveness came with works. We have no such order today, no such commandment today. Paul tells us, to believe on Christ and his finished work for us. That saves us. That is how we are saved. And we don't go around after we believe this going, well, I don't, am I good enough? Am I doing enough good works? Am, am, I, am I tithing enough? Uh, what if I can't tithe? What if, what, if, what, if, what if I don't do this? What if I don't do that? No, it's not based on your works. It has nothing to do with you. God gives it to you as a gift when you believe. You are saved. You are sealed with the spirit of promise. And God is not breaking off body parts once you're placed in the body of Christ. The body does not say, well, Christ broke off his arm because that arm got bad and it was going haywire, so God got rid of it. It's not in the scriptures. When you believe what Christ did for you, you become a member of the body of Christ. You are saved by grace through faith. We are not under the law. The mystery given to Paul was hidden from Israel. Paul was not given the dispensation of grace which we are under I'm oh, sorry, Paul was given the dispensation of grace which we are under today. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8. But we speak of the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the promise of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of the Lord of glory. It was a mystery that God kept hid. For those naysayers and believe me, you're going to run into them, that went to put themselves, want to put themselves under the law, what does Paul say? Well, let's look at Romans 6.14. For sin shall have no dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Do you understand? Once you believe that you were saved by what Christ did for you, and that God gave you a free gift, and that your faith is in that, that gift that God gave you called salvation, because you believe that Christ's blood was shed for your sins, that he died to prove that he was man, that he was buried, proving he was dead, and that he was resurrected on the third day, proving that he wasn't just man, but God, then you are saved. That's all God requires of you today. 
and that we are to share in fellowship with one to another and make sure others know, know what salvation is and what it's not. Salvation comes by what Christ did, not what you do. As I said in my last teaching, either you, and I'm talking to you listen, listening right now, either you believe God and his words that he put in the Bible for us, or you don't. Scripture is not a solid bar where you pick and choose what you want to obey. Now, people will accuse me of picking and choosing, saying, well, you're saying this stuff about dispensations, man, and like, uh, you know, there's the tithing thing that you're saying is not to us, and like, you know, you just want to do what you want to do. I never said that. I said read your Bible in context. Pay attention to who's speaking, to whom they are speaking, because Christ tells you flat out he was sent to Israel to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He doesn't say, I'm here for Israel and Gentiles. It's not what he says. He also compares the Gentiles to a dog. Remember the woman asking for Christ to save her daughter in Matthew? And Christ says, or starts talking about the bread of the children at the table. And the woman says, yes, but even the dogs eat of the scraps from the children that fall from the table. She understood that the children were Israel and that the, the, the dogs were Gentiles. She understood her place. Gentiles were God's enemies. We had no promises of God back then. It wasn't until Jesus sent Paul, our apostle, to Gentiles with the new message of salvation. I have been told that what I teach is my opinion. <clears throat> All I can say about that is, wow. Wow. Simply Wow. The biblically ignorant will always refuse sound doctrine for twisted teaching from the devils in churches calling themselves pastors. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, I apologize for that. Jesus warned of false teachers, and so did Paul. Paul tells you in Galatians 1.8, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Accursed. Jesus said many will come in his name. There's always been warnings of false teachers, but here's what people do when they become Christians. Everybody's about Christ, and everything's good, and everything's holy. It's all about Jesus. That church is about Jesus, and this church is about Jesus. Yes, that one's Catholic. And that one's Lutheran, but they're all about Jesus. <coughs> Meanwhile, they're dispensationally wrong, because they don't teach dispensations. They teach you the whole Bible is yours. They'll sit there and teach you Isaiah. And for those of the, those that have been hearing about tithing, <coughs> I'm sorry, I got allergy issues. But those teaching you about the tithing issues, where do they go? I believe it's Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Well, apparently the pastor's robbing you when he goes there because Malachi is to Israel. Let's make sure we're keeping our scripture clear. <coughs> All right, moving along here. Paul was our apostle sent by Christ to us. In the dispensation of grace. How do we know? What does Paul say? 
1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. I'm sorry, what's that? Even as he is of Christ, we're supposed to follow Paul? <laughs> God, that was just bad. I apologize, folks. Please forgive me. But this is in your scriptures. So how do pastors tell you you need to be doing the things Jesus said in his earthly ministry and that you need to follow Paul? You can't do both because the messages are different. But when pastors don't teach you to rightly divide, they lead you astray. And that's the, that's the problem. Oh, took a drink. Hopefully that'll help. You don't find our, our instructions in Psalms. Paul is our apostle with our instructions. I get it. I do. I mean, I really do. It's easy to make the assumption, since you become a Christian, to think the whole Bible is your instructions. That's why so many self-professed Christians are not saved and not really Christians. <coughs> Jesus, this is bad tonight. I really apologize. They are not Christians at all. In most cases, they say, well, I believe in Jesus. Listen, believing in Jesus will not save you. You must have faith in what he did on your behalf and believe that he is the Messiah. <laughs> that makes Jesus your Savior and that you trust him for what he did as payment for your sins. And that justifies you before God. You know, these people that say, I'm a Christian, and when I try to teach them, and I, I come at them with this information, and I show them what's in the Bible, you know, they always want to reject it. They, they attack me on my person. Um, and it's, it's sad that so many just don't get it. They are lost souls, still under the penalty of sin. I also get asked, who are you to judge? These are the lost people I'm speaking of. The Bible goes against their feelings. It hurts them to hurt. It hurts them to hear the truth. They never defend their dis disagreements with me with scripture because they're biblically ignorant and happy in their ignorance because they sat in church for thirty years, for twenty years. This is what they've heard all their lives. And then here I come, showing you what the Bible actually says. I've never heard that. That can't be. Go get your Bible and read it for yourself. I tell people. And I'm telling you, don't believe me. Pick up your Bible. Start maybe about Acts 15, where Paul was talking. And pay close attention to what Paul's saying. And you'll start seeing the truth for yourself. Let's see. And this is because churches are doing a horrible job. and want people to remain ignorant. <coughs> God. I'm sorry. I can't stop coughing tonight. I'll prove it. I spoke to my ex-Baptist pastor about tithing. And this is this is my story, so please listen closely. This, this actually happened. I told Pastor Darren that the body of Christ has no command to tithe. That tithing was under the law in the Old Covenant to Israel. And to be given to the Levite priests. I actually did my studies on tithing. What did my ex-pastor say to me? With an angry voice, he said, Yes, it is. You should hear my teaching on tithing. He was living with me. Why? Because his church was about the money. It wasn't about the Bible. And it wasn't biblical. They kicked people out of the church who were sinning and struggling. 
They thought water baptism, confessing of sins, and holy communion is what they should teach. As I've told you, these things were given to Israel under the law in the Old Covenant, not to the body of Christ. That pastor refused to be rebuked. And he goes on teaching a cursed scripture to those who want to be who want to feel good and not trust the gospel given to Paul. Also, dispensation is a biblical word. Guess what's not? If you said denomination, go to the front of the class, you get an A. Nope. Denomination is not in the Bible. Paul writes of the distinct future when he says in Ephesians 1.10 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which were in heaven and which were on earth in him. As you see, there is a dispensation of fullness of times. There's future, not where we are today. There's dispensation of grace will end one day. This, this dispensation God has us under in the dispensation of grace is going to end. But right now, it's still going on. We should be grateful for it, to be honest. <coughs> oh, this is bad. My allergies, that is. Again, I apologize. So, moving along here, I hope this helps you understand this, because it's important to help you understand salvation for believers today. For who is a Christian, and not a Christian in name only? Now, why do I say that? I hear so many believers... Who I can tell you, <coughs> or who I can't tell you if they're saved or not. Because they never say what they're trusting for salvation. Yet I hear radio and TV personalities say, oh, this person or that person's a brother or sister in Christ. How do they know? How do they know who is? Because some say they're a Christian? Because someone says they believe in Jesus? So they assume that person's a Christian. Newsflash, and I want you to listen closely. Believing in Jesus will get you a pass to hell. What? What? Dude, you're out of your mind. It shouldn't be teaching, right? That's what some people will say to you, and maybe even what you're thinking right now, right? Well, isn't that where you are? Maybe where you were. Maybe you thought that at one time. You're questioning me. What did James teach in Isaiah? J or, I'm sorry, not in Isaiah, in, to Israel. If you read James, pay very close attention to the beginning. What does he say? To the twelve tribes scattered abroad. So if you think James is teaching works to you, what tribe do you belong to? Is some of this making sense now? Because I hope it is. I hope, you know, the more you hear me teach, the more things I'm showing you, Light bulbs start going off, and you start going, hey, wait a minute, that nobody pointed that out to me before. Okay? Because that's what I'm trying to do, point out to you what's actually there, and what's really going on. <clears throat> but in James 2.19, it says, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou dost well. The devils believe, and tremble. See, Israel couldn't just believe. They had to have works to prove their faith. We don't. But faith in Jesus alone does not save you. What faith in Jesus is, is an oversimplified false gospel that doesn't save you. John eight twenty four. 
is where John was teaching Israel under the law. And it says, I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die on your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. The whole purpose of John was to teach Israel that Jesus was the Messiah. And without their faith in him, they would face God's wrath for sin. That is not our message. Yet faith in Jesus alone will not save you today. <coughs> what John 8.24 means is Christ's controversy. Excuse me. What John 8.24 means is Christ Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. If he is not, he cannot be your savior. If you think Jesus was just a man or Jesus, Jesus wasn't God, you can't be saved. You have to understand and believe that Jesus was man and God in one. In Titus 2.13 it says, Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our, of our, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, just a little FYI newsflash. Sometimes I refer to Jesus as Yeshua. Um, I know the Bible calls him Jesus, but the actual translation from Yeshua, which is his Hebrew name, actually translate to uh, Joshua. So it's not really Jesus, but I'm using it because that's what's in the Bible and that's what you hear. But your Savior's name, his Hebrew name is actually actually Yeshua. You can't be saved if you only trust in Jesus and don't trust in what Christ did on, on your behalf, which I've been telling you. If he did not die, shedding his blood, cursed on a cross, then your sins are not forgiven. Period. It's not just believing in Jesus. Ephesians, Ephesians 1.7 In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Did you catch that? His blood had to be shed to cleanse you of your sins through faith. Through faith in Christ and his shed blood for forgiveness of your sins. His blood had to be shed. Did he rise from the dead? If he didn't rise then you have no proof Jesus was the Christ. No hope of glory. No comfort in death. No salvation from sins and God's wrath for sins. Romans 4.25 says, Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification, as I told you before. He was delivered for our sins. For each person who believes Christ shed blood and died for their offenses, and that he was resurrected from the dead, then you're saved. And that's great news. This is what you have to understand. It's not about your works. It's not about anything you do other than your faith in what Christ has already provided for you. He did all the work. Well, does that mean I can go out and sin any time I want and do whatever I want? Sadly, if you want to waste your life and be a jerk, you know, and show God disrespect when he gave you something great, you know, it's it's a waste of life. And it's sad because God really can't use you to minister to others like I'm trying to do. Because people will see your bad efforts, your bad behavior, <coughs> and then hear, hear you run out and say, Oh, I'm all about God. I'm all about God. 
Well, then why don't you live like it? Why don't you show God that you understand the grace that he gave you and be thankful for it and try to live a good life? No, you're not saved by how you work, by how you behave, by how, what you do. You're saved simply by faith in Christ. And if some yahoo comes at you saying, uh, well, you know, the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. Yeah, let's back the boat up again and go look where that's found at. It's found in Matthew. It's Christ teaching to Israel. And their, their fruits that, that others would recognize was the good works they did. You don't have to do any good works. So when I see that posted outside of churches on their bulletin boards as you're driving by, it, it makes me irritated. Because I understand that by no one's fruits will you recognize them. I've met good people who I would swear up and down were Christians. Swear up and down they were. Didn't cuss. Didn't drink. Didn't talk bad of others. Never seemed to get really angry about anything. Really seemed to be a good person at heart. Weren't Christians. So if I go by their fruit, does that make them a Christian? Nope. Nope. No. No. Not at all. That person was not a Christian. They're just a person that tries to conduct themselves in a good manner. Today, when you believe what I've taught you about what Christ did for you, you become a new creature. You are a member of the body of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. It's not just believing in Jesus. It's faith in Christ Jesus, Yeshua, and his shed blood, his death, burial, and resurrection for salvation. Folks, listen. Whether you think me a quack or not, read your Bible. Honest to God, read your Bible. Read what Paul teaches, because Paul was the last apostle that Christ sent, and he sent him to us. To everybody today, Jew and Gentile, in the body of Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. So when people say, well, we're grafted in. We have to do the things of Israel. Uh, read it again and read it carefully. Because grafted in, Christ was referring to the bad branches being cut off prior to that, being the, the um, Pharisees and Sadducees, who thought they were holier than everybody else, and they were above it all. And they didn't believe in Christ as their Messiah. They were the branches being cut off. The branches being brought in were the harlots and the uh, the publicans because they were willing to repent of their sins to start obeying the covenants and believe that Christ was their Messiah. So they were grafted in. You're not grafted in. And to be grafted in puts you under a covenant. If you read Jeremiah 31, 31, it tells you the new covenant is also promised to Israel and Judah, not Gentiles. You don't fall in that category. God was going to use Israel to bless the whole earth and for salvation to become for Israel. Because it said, um, <coughs> let me think for a quick second, um, salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. I think it's in John. Did you see Gentile in there? Did you see body of Christ in there when I said that? Did you hear that? No. No, you didn't. Because... God was going to use Israel to, to bring in everybody for salvation. But Israel rejected Christ. And that's why we have the promise we do today. Moving along. 1 Corinthians fifteen sixteen, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. 
So if you just trust in Jesus alone, you are hell-bound. You are still in your sins and not forgiven. I have not twisted scripture. I have shown you what the Word says, what the Bible actually teaches you. James, and the, James the disciple of the twelve tribes of scattered... Well, excuse me. James says that twelve tribes scattered abroad, and he writes, Faith without works is dead. That's all screwed up, and I apologize. Help me here. Just bear with me, please. I apologize. Mere belief in Jesus does not justify unto salvation for anyone. It doesn't work that way. Again, James knew nothing else of salvation through Christ's blood, death, burial, and resurrection for salvation and grace given freely as a gift from God through faith. Nor did James know about the mystery of the body of Christ. In today's dispensation of grace, Christ taught Paul a mystery that was hid from the beginning of the world, that Yeshua is the Christ. He shed his blood for our sins. How can we prove that? Well, Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost all things are... Oh. <coughs> I apologize, I'm having a bad night tonight. <coughs> Bear with me. Gosh, I apologize for sneezing. Can't help it. But anyway, it says the law... Excuse me. Hebrews 9.22, And almost all things are by the law, purged with blood. I hope I'm done now. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Even further back, we see Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the, the altar to make the, an atonement for your souls. For it is blood that maketh atonement for the soul. Christ's blood had to be shed for our atonement. Christ's perfect, holy, righteous blood had to be shed because it was the only thing strong enough to purge us of sin and keep us covered from the day we believed until the day we died. We are, we are sealed with the Spirit. There are several Gospels in the... Here's one that's going to blow your mind. There are several Gospels in the Bible. Okay, When you hear somebody say, oh, the Gospel, the word Gospel means good news. So when you hear someone say, oh, the Gospel... But then they go on and they don't tell you the gospel of John. It's John's good news. It's Matthew's good news. It's Peter's good news. But their good news was to Israel. Our gospel, the gospel of Christ, was given to Paul. That's our good news. For Jew and Gentile alike today. Uh, let's see. Peter didn't preach what Paul did. John, James, Luke, Matthew did not preach what Paul did. They all had gospels but not the gospel Paul was given by Christ. The gospel of grace given to Paul by Christ is that Christ did all the work necessary for your salvation. Romans 4, 5. Put to him that worketh not, but believeth on him, that justify the ungodly, his faith is counted for his righteousness. Titus 3, 5. Not by the works of the righteous, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. When you believe, you are saved, sealed, delivered. No one can take it away from you, and you cannot lose it. God promises it to you. It is God's gift, and God is not taking back his gift. And going on here, it says, by the washing or regeneration. I'm trying to get my patient turn here. 
and renewing of the Holy Ghost. This grace is given freely by God through faith. Romans 3.24 Being justified freely by His grace through, grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We have no work to do, folks. Nothing to do. But faith in what Christ did for you on your behalf. That's it. Have faith in what Christ did for you. Who He is and what He did for you. That saves you. No one can take it away from you. Once you're in the body of Christ, you're in the body of Christ. And Christ ain't cutting off arms, legs, fingers, toes, because you did something bad. It's not based on your behavior. It's based on what you believe. The Lord Christ Jesus, Yeshua our Lord, revealed the gospel that saves any man to the Apostle Paul. He didn't teach this to Peter, James, John, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Paul received this mystery from Christ personally. The gospel of grace allows Christ to save through mere belief in him and what he did. Romans 3.25 To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he may be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Before Christ gave the message of salvation by grace through faith today to the Apostle Paul, no one knew about it. No one. It was a mystery. The mystery of the gospel had to be revealed before belief could stand alone without works, law, or Israel. Salvation is summed up in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. If you don't know who Jesus is, what he did, or fail to trust his finished work, then believing in Jesus cannot save you. So I ask, are you saved? Real quick, if you follow Jeremy, Jeremy Harrell, who, again, I, I recommend for political stuff if you're on the right... Um, when I say his doctrines are cursed, he quotes a book called Jesus' Calling. That book is blasphemy and heresy. Now you say, well, they, she's saying she's just, you know, these are the things that God gave her. First of all, if God's talking to you today, please go to a doctor, get your head examined, see a shrink. God is not audibly speaking to anybody today. Second of all, this woman takes the scriptures... And she puts things in God's mouth that God did not say. And Christians who don't know any better, who don't check the scriptures and compare it to what this woman is saying, will easily be misled. The book, Jesus is Calling, is something that if I were you and I had it, I would burn it. I told you before, anybody selling you a book to get you to read it is the one profiting from it and making money off of it. Now, if you want to know, well, do you use any other books that, you know, uh, go along with the Bible or you feel like goes along with the Bible? Yeah, I do. They're books on dispensation, so I can get a better understanding of what a dispensation is. And I'm still, I'm still a student myself. I don't know it all. But I know enough to try to help you, and I'm still studying every day. The truth of the matter is, God saved me by His grace. And I'm grateful. And I'm faithful to that. <coughs> 
and I know enough that when I hear false doctrine, I can say, hey, that's garbage. The problem is many people have itching ears and want to hear things that make them feel, get, feel better. They pat themselves on the back. I'm a Christian. I'm a good person. I'm born again. And then when you ask them, what does it mean to be born again? Well, it means I'm saved. Well, show me where Christ put born again with salvation through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's not there. So when someone tells you they're born again, what they're saying is, I'm ignorant. I listen to my pastor. I don't study the scriptures, and I don't really care. I just repeat what I've been told. I'm not repeating what I've been told. I'm repeating to you what the Bible actually says. Look, folks, I'm not doing this for money. I'm not doing this to become famous, popular. If anything, I'm hated for doing what I'm doing, which goes to show I'm on the right track. If you're hated when you tell somebody the truth, understand it's not you. The truth is that Christ died for your sins. That his holy blood was shed to cleanse you from your sinfulness. Not that you're going to stop sinning. And not that you should continue in sin. But it was shed because you will never be perfect in your walk on this earth. You won't be. Anybody who's teaching you repent means stop sinning is a liar. Because the Bible says God repented. So I guess that meant God sinned, so God can't really be holy if he sinned, right? I mean, after all, repent means stop sinning. No. Repent means change your mind. To go from unbelief to belief. Anybody teaching the other way, telling you that it means stop sinning, get away from. Run. Get away from as fast as you can. Because I promise you, they're not about you. They're not about Christ. They're about how fat their pocketbook is. You know, I've seen pastors working for churches, teaching tithing, driving nicer cars than I do. Am I jealous? No, I've never been jealous of anything anybody else ever had in my life. I don't want what other people have. I've never really cared what other people had. I've always been true to myself and what I like. But when I see a pastor banging his fist on the podium in front of the church, telling them they need to give 10% of their gross income, and I know Paul never commands us to tithe but to give generously from the heart then none of that person's a false teacher. And they're corrupt. Well, folks, I hope this has helped somebody, anybody. And again, I'm here to help. I'm helping people one person at a time. Uh, recently on one of Jeremy's posts, I was attacked, called a troll, uh, clown, get out of here, go away. Do you really think God cares about how his word's actually spoken? That one really blew me away. Uh, yeah, I do. Most certainly. I think God actually cares whether or not you're saying what he said or whether or not you're putting words in his mouth, making him a liar. Yeah, I do think God cares. And I'm doing my best to wake up people to salvation and to God and to understand that I am being faithful. We all need to be faithful, but we are only faithful if we trust Christ and what he's done for us. And that we understand Paul is our apostle. And Paul is the one leading us. And Paul is our pattern that we follow today. And I'm sure some might be sitting there listening to this right now going, Oh, you keep saying Paul. You keep saying Paul. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. I quoted it to you earlier. Paul tells us to follow him as he follows Christ. He is our pattern. I love you. I hope this brings you joy and peace of mind and peace of heart. 
And again, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me at clemdog at outlook.com. I will be more than happy to get to help you. Uh, I want to tell you how you spell that. It is C-L-E-M-D-A-W-G at outlook.com. If you put C-L-E-M-D-O-G.com, you're like, hey, wait a minute, I'm not reaching the guy. No, it's C-L-E-M-D-A-W-G at outlook.com. And I promise you, I will respond. I love you. May God's peace and mercy be with you. May you smile and rejoice now knowing that you are saved through what Christ has done and not by yourself or not anything you have to do. God bless.